pastor of a church in Kalalini there, and uh, this man was a, uh, a dear friend of my father's, and uh, very, very grateful to have him here. It's an honor to have you preach in my pulpit, thank you, thank you. and uh, to bring the Word of God. And I also want to just say a, a, just a word. There's a, a couple wonderful guys here. We got Jonathan up here, my buddy, yeah. and, uh, and my buddy Caleb. And uh, so sometimes they've got a beautiful grace on them of the Lord. And they respond to the word of the Lord and just the presence of God. And so you hear them responding. And so don't, don't uh, you know, don't get distracted by it or anything. But they're, we're going to have a good time this morning. And it's so good to, uh, to have these guys with us. So anyway, wonderful. Pastor George, uh, bring the word and do what the Lord puts in your heart. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Wow. I bring you greetings from my wife Rhoda and uh, my family uh, from the churches, uh, Christ Church of Kaloleni. I had time with Pastor uh, Charles Onyango, Dr. Czech. They also bring their greetings. Could you receive all those greetings? And of course, we have greetings from other churches that uh, I uh, relate with and I give spiritual oversight. They all send their greetings and their love. Amen. Um, Sorry. Thank you, thank you. Well, technology. Yes. Right. Well, can we just pray together? I, I feel like uh, we are in the presence of God, and there are some good things the Lord is doing and already done. I just feel like praying. Jehovah, I thank you for your goodness upon our lives. Lord, I thank you for your son, Pastor Eric his wife, and the family. Thank you, Lord, for this church. Thank you for your presence that is so real. We bless you and we honor you. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. I don't know about you, but uh, as the worship has gone on and I've seen some things that I've learned here, they're just beyond imagination. The way you are sending people out, receive them and release them. That is incredible. That is that's powerful. The worship in worship time, I could sense the presence of God was here. You could sense that presence of God was here. Was here. You know, we can have power, electricity, but if you don't switch the switch, you don't enjoy the benefits of that electricity. So, if you plug the in, I believe your needs are being met in a very significant way. This morning, the Lord has put a desire in me to use this opportunity to serve and bring forth the Word of God. The one that I want to bring, I, I sat at that conference and listening, and before the Word was brought, here comes Pastor Derek, uh, Eric Trout and bringing on the worship. And you can see that passion with his wife as they were singing. You could see... They were singing to Jesus who was there. You see the reality. And you see the giftedness. And that prompted me to, to talk to him and say, Hey, Eric, why did you learn to play the guitar like that? Was that always in your blood? Were you born playing it? And he told me, No, 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 no. I had no dream of playing it. But in college, 
somebody brought me on and kept me going and I caught the fire. Wow. He caught the fire. And because he caught the fire, whoo, it's burning. And uh, then when he gave me a chance to share the word, that is the Exodus. I mean, that's the, the, the genesis of what I'm going to share on. I'm sharing on who is a disciple and what is the purpose of the church. Who is a disciple and what is the purpose of the church? No matter how great, gifted, and talented we are, building in other people produces more fruits than exercising our own gifts. This guy who brought Eric in, I don't know him. I've never seen him. I'll never even see him. But he did something in him but now, we can't wait to drink it in Kenya when he comes. Right. Hello? Yeah. We may not see the guy who did it for him, but we can't wait to have him come and we drink. <laughs> Somebody imparted in him, and he caught the fire. And that person may be imparting others, but Eric is here blessing many. Who is a disciple? In the book of Mark, chapter 3, verse 14, the Bible says, Jesus called them after, of course, praying, after doing all he did, he called them. Have you wondered why he called them? The them is talking of the twelve. Why did he call them? He called them to be with him. Why did he want these people to be with him? Jesus wanted to impart, he wanted to put, to build in them. Jesus wanted these people to learn from him. Learn his way of life. You know, two weeks and one day I've stayed with Glory and Eric. Since I got here, I spent the first night at Norm and Willis. Then I went to their home. And there are things I've learned. I've learned much from Johnny. How sensitive. And how he can bring up the word. And sometimes you don't get it. You know, you are going for, uh, Stephanie did a lot of work to cook a lot of cookies that was supposed to be enjoyed in, uh, in the fellowship, in the home group. But Johnny said at the door, cookies, cookies. But nobody caught that, so we went without cookies. <laughs> <laughs> so God could be whispering something to you, and because you are so plugged up with your plan and what you want to do, wow. and you just missed it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> right. Who is a disciple? Jesus called them to be with him, to learn from him, before he could think of sending them. But they had to learn from Jesus. They were to be like, to learn who Jesus is. 
They were to take what Jesus had. It was to be developed in them. His character. I like your vision. Loving God. Loving people. I'd never seen that. But in my message, I'm going to maybe put some meat to it. A disciple, a man who is, will, who is daily becoming more like Jesus by studying the Bible and applying it daily by obeying Christ's commandment. The end result of this, a disciple grows in Christ in ability to minister to others and helping make more disciples. In John 14, 21, Jesus made it so clear that if you love me, you will obey me. How many love Jesus here? Do you love, do you love God? You know, Jesus is God. Hello? Jesus is God. Is God the Son? God the, the Father? God the Holy Spirit. So, loving God, if you love Jesus, you will obey what he says. What is he saying? What is he saying that you will obey? A person who knows my commandment and keeps them, that's who loves me. And a person who loves me will be loved by my father and I will love him and make myself plain to him. Can you imagine if Jesus just made himself plain to, who you, who, to you? I, I, I'll never forget in 1980 when he made it plain to me and took off the religious marks. Being a Catholic, baptized in Catholic, confirmed in Catholic, I thought I had it all together. But when I became blind, lost my sight out of sickness, it hit the rock of our family. Being the firstborn, my parents did all they could to help me gain my sight back, including taking me to witch doctors to cult, but never helped. But when I met Jesus, oh, when I went to church and heard about a man preaching on the heart condition, and I gave my life to Jesus, it made a big difference. He became plain to me. I got to know who he is. The joy that came in my heart is the joy I ever longed for. And you know what happened next? My eye opened. I was able to see again. You know, when you, when you sang and saying that when things are restored, when the restoration takes place, the blind will see. I could remember how I got back my sight in 1980. I remember that very well. And you know, after that, I told the devil, you have no place in my, my life. You have no place in our family. We, you, you, we are going to drive you out. We'll get out of this place. Doesn't, doesn't matter how long it will, it will take, you, you are not in this place. You know, in Kenya, where I come from, when missionaries came far back in the 18th century and early 19th century, what they did to, to maintain peace, they divided the country into various regions. If, if the Catholic would take a region, 
Protestant took a region, and each Kenya was divided in various regions. It happened that in our region was the Catholics. So the Catholics, they allowed everything. Come to church, leave your God at the door, and take him when you go back, but just continue the life. And in that situation, made me come from a very dark, dark area. And here is a young boy who have got to in a dark area. What do you do? Is to bring Jesus in that place. Thank you, thank you, Linda. The rest did not hear. Bringing Jesus in your own home. Bringing Jesus to your own family. It doesn't take, I mean, it's not fixed. It's not the instant coffee we drink here. But it's something that you, you will persevere. You will trust God to do it. And he's able to do it. Amen. I've seen him do it. Yes. I, I saw God use me to lead my dad to the Lord. My mom to the Lord. My brothers and sisters to the Lord. Wow. It took time, but God did it. Yes. Who is a disciple? Yeah. A disciple is somebody. A disciple is simply... I can define a disciple as... A disciple is defined as a growing Christian who is becoming, mark that word, becoming more like Christ. Mark the other word, being. You are becoming and then you are being. That's it's a, a state of being. You know, when I heard you send Judy back to Christ's church and then you are talking of having come and having labored with you, God has a way of placing people. And I heard you send this couple to, 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 to Paris. The state of being in Christ, the state of being the disciple, that allows you to see things from God's perspective, allows you to be God's representative, allows you to be Christ's ambassador. Wherever you are, you may not speak a word, but your life alone speaks volumes. People will see it and will admire what it is. You know, think about Joshua. Joshua, I don't know whether he knew he would take over from Moses. Josh, I always struggle between Caleb and Joshua. Why did Moses lay hand on Joshua and not Caleb take over? Have you thought about that? Caleb, the Bible says, Caleb was the servant of Moses. He was just there. He was there for, he was there, he was learning from Moses. Joshua, so guy, Joshua and Caleb, they were together. They were always together. But Joshua was more of the servant to Moses and he took the mantle. He had learned much from this guy. You remember when the battle was on and the Amalek were prevailing, were winning. But when Moses' hand grew weak, the battle, they, were won, they were winning. But when they put his hand up, they were winning the battle. He learned to be waiting on God to allow God's timing in all he does. He became a disciple of Moses. What about Elisha and Elijah? Do you know? Ahas, I mean, um, Elisha 
I like this guy. You know, one of the things that I would always remember Pastor Eric for, Eric, before coming to Kenya, I think he grew up in the farm. And the, the first message he shared, if I recall, he shared with such passionate about this scripture, how uh, Elisha killed all the cows and burnt and cooked them, meaning that he had nothing to turn back to. He had nothing to turn back to. So he had to pursue wholeheartedly. And when, when Elijah saw that hot pursue in him, he wondered, what would you like me to give you? You know what he asked for? Double portion. Hello? Double portion. And he said, you have asked for a hard thing. Some of you are sitting under Eric as he's doing all the things he's doing, and you may be touched and want to say, how, how do you do that? That's the heart of a disciple. You want to learn. But you know, it will take time, it will take patience, it will take determination. Most, uh, Elijah told him, you have asked for a hard thing, but if you see me go, you have it. But before then, there were many obstacles. People said, don't you know he'll be taken away from you? You say, shut up. I'm in this. He, his eyes were open. He was able to see beyond the circumstances. Think about Barnabas. You know, Barnabas discipled Paul. True? When, Paul, when, when people were afraid of Paul, nobody could, I'm not sure of this guy, whether he just wanted to arrest us and kill us. Barnabas took the risk to bring him along and introduced him to the apostles. In Acts chapter 13, while they were praying and fasting and serving the Lord, God spoke and said, set apart for me Barnabas. Mark what is Barnabas, and Paul comes second. It's Barnabas, the... the, the the discipler, and Paul the disciple, and send them off. But this guy was so thirsty and so hungry that he just took it over. He could not withstand seeing Simon the sorcerer making all that he was making. I mean, he was a guy that really saw God at work. Let me tell you, friends, a disciple he is learning and being more like Christ, and he wants to see Christ being honored in all that he's doing. You know, I came to, to, to America sometimes back in the 1990s. After meeting Norm Willis in 1988 and hearing his story that he was a janitor to Papa Jim. And his wife was the secretary to Papa Jim. And I came when he wa they were renting a hall in where they were. Hello? And the Lord was doing something in him from what he had learned from Papa Jim as a disciple. Do you know what? The Lord who had begun good work, he always had a mind to finish it up.
whatever they were renting, what happened? They owned it. Hello? You may be renting this place. God has a purpose for bringing you back. He has a purpose for just allowing you to step in. But don't forget what Joshua was told. Wherever you put your step in, I will. Hello? It's hard to imagine. How will you give it to me? He knows. A disciple simply wants to tune into the master and listen to what the master is saying. And when you hear it, you know that you have heard what must have said. And when you know that you know what you know, you will stand for it and God will come in in his own way. I remember in 1982, after I finished high school and I was in Kisumu working, joined up Christ Church of Kisumu. I even didn't know their name. All I knew it was a church that met and loved Jesus. Hardly 20 people when I met them. But there was such a passion, heart for God under, under Grady Shelley. And soon, by and by, Richard Nickbear Nick came in. But more than that, Michael Hanford and Yvonne came in. They just loved the Lord like star. I mean, Yvonne was just like star, loving God. And you know what? Drew me in. But when Jim came, he spoke words that pulled me from the ground and want, caused me to want to do more than what I thought I, I was called for. Let me tell you, my brothers and sisters, a disciple is a man or a woman. When I talk a man, it's mankind whose heart desires more of God to be more like him and you do that by reading the word, studying the word, being in the word, allowing the word to change you. Now, what's, the pup- what's the purpose of the church then? Let us see in the book of Matthew, chapter 28, verse 18 to 20. It will give us the purpose of the church. What's the purpose of the church? We see Jesus who called them. In Mark 3.14, he called them. Why did he call them? To be with him. And now being with him, he has learned, they have learned some things. They have learned from him. They have, he has seen this guy feed 5,000 with just, with almost nothing. He has seen this guy heal the sick. He has seen this guy walk in water. He has seen this guy do things that were unbelievable. He has seen this guy order them to fish and the fish they catch has the money they need. I mean, they have seen it. They have seen it. They know it. And now in Matthew chapter 28 verse 18, listen what he says. God authorized me and commanded me to commission you. Jesus is speaking. I'm reading from uh, uh, Message Bible. Message Bible. He's saying, God authorized me and commanded me to commission you. Go and train everyone you meet. 
far and near. You are going to meet some far, but some you are going to meet near. Train them in the way of life. Train them in the way of life. Proverbs 22 verse 6 simply says, Train a child in the way that child should go. And when that child is old, you don't have to be there to watch him. You just see him. So, whether you go near or you go far, for those who are going to France, go there, train them. Train those who are near and those who are far. Train them. And you are training them for way of life. Marking them by baptism in the threefold name, the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. Mark this. Then instruct them in the practice of all I have commanded you. What has the Lord commanded you since you got to know him? What has he commanded you? Because it is what he has commanded you, it's what you have put in practice. Do you know? Practice doesn't make perfect. Just makes permanent part of you. When you practice the good things, they become part and parcel of you. You know, some of the things that God has allowed me to practice as a young man, they are now helping me more than then. I learned from this man of God, Pastor Eric Swinson, Pastor Michael Hanford. I learned I remember Michael would say, I get so excited when he realizes he's forgiven, his feet start dancing, his mouth full of praise, and whoo, this guy, my goodness. And I learned to love God more and dig in his word and learn to lead people to the Lord in the simplest way possible. And after learning that, I learned to seek God and say, hey, you know, in Psalms 143, verse 10, that's the cry of the psalmist. He say, teach me to do your will, for you are my God. May your good spirit lead me on a level ground. I've learned to pray, God, whom do you want me to lead to the Lord today? And in fact, I've made myself a commitment. Every month, I lead two people at least to the Lord. At least. But not only that, that doesn't give me more joy. What gives me more joy is now training people to do it. And when they do it, you see the joy of the Lord in their face. It's, I, I mean, I see a changed life. I see people that are now not living for themselves, but they're living for God. They're living for something more than just themselves. I remember Jim Harmon saying, you don't just live to make money, buy ugali, eat ugali, and go again to work, make more money. No, no, there's something more than that. So in what you are practice, teach them. Listen to what Paul says in the book of Second Timothy, chapter 4. Paul echoes this to his son Timothy. Paul says, Paul's last word to Timothy. Proclaim the message with intensity. Keep watch. Challenge. 
warn, urge your people. Do not quit. Just make it simple. Love God. Love. Just make it simple. Don't make it so complicated that people wonder, where did you go? How do you start? Just make it simple. Love God. Let people see you love God. I saw Michael sing with I'm forgiven. Oh, gosh. What a joy to feel forgiven. Are you here and you feel forgiven? Or are you here feeling you you have a skeleton in the closet? (laughs) Hello? Are you here and you are not honest in your relationship with one another? You are wondering whether they are going to discover... I'm forgiven. Amen. Yes. I'm forgiven. I'm forgiven. I'm forgiven. Yes. Friends, let's get to serious business. Paul is realizing his time is not going to be much. Yesterday, I got a call from Jim that just impacted me. Prayed over me. Gave me a hard mission to go and accomplish. And I was left shaking inside. But the problem is not Jim. The problem is me. Because when you spend time with him after, di- after lunch last week, we sat, we sat in his house and we talked, 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 talked. And he told me something. I'm trusting God one of these days I'll go back to Kenya. And then I saw we are struggling to get him walk and I say, Dad, excuse me, um, what is it that you like to go and do in Kenya? Please whisper it to me that I can, in a way, go and do it. I did not not know what I was asking for. Then last night he, he now he came the bang. 